Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024, and I have a great show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest and everything presented is for informational purposes only. I would like to have a Bible discussion with you today. Um, maybe it's a study. Uh, also, just for those of you, because sometimes people don't know, I'm not a pastor, even though I've run this ministry for, oh, I don't know, it's like 18 years, I think. Uh, I'm not a pastor, but I love Jesus Christ. And I want to share Jesus Christ with as many people as I can because it is, he is, the most important thing in this world. Despite what the world tells you. I also want to share, after we're done with that today, a Hal Turner radio show story uh, about nuclear proliferation. Uh, because things are getting... To the breaking point. Now, who, maybe it would be better to say, if we want to talk about who God does hear, let's talk about first who God doesn't hear. And I found a few scriptures now, I look around, I had someone say to me recently about the pauses I take on the show, and uh, those are twofold. A, I do try to think about things, but B, uh, like right now, there's no crew doing this show. It's me alone. It's me alone. Uh, the person who said it was, I hate to say, acting ignorantly, um, I really hate to say that. Um, but no, there's no edits in this show. I'm not editing anything. The only thing that comes close to an edit, which is a pause, is, for instance, when I have to cough, take a sip of coffee, blow my nose, do something. Those things all happen during the course of life. And on this Great professional microphone I have, this Shure MV51 with digital processing. It also has a mute button. And there are plenty of times during a broadcast that I mute the microphone. And so when you hear that, maybe uh, you can get a little bit of a understanding uh, of what it takes to actually produce a show yourself and this is not you know glenn beck where he's got you know producers and engineers and all he has to do is show up and they edit everything and then send it out you know for the appropriate air times the next day or later that day 
Who does God not hear? I have done messages numerous times about the gospel and the, uh, the book of John, chapter 9, where Jesus comes and his disciples come upon a blind man and the disciples say, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born this way? which is the same thing that the church does all the time, and I'm not going to go further into that today. But Jesus said this man was not born this way, uh, you know, due to any sin of himself or his parents, but he was born this way for the glory of God, and then Jesus healed him. Then that man went on to, and I'm paraphrasing, that man went on to witness to the religious leaders of his day. And I want to go down to where uh, they asked him. So they, and they asked, asked, they asked him more than once. Now here's the second time. He answered them. This is John 9, 27. He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Because they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Verse 28, then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, they're talking about Jesus, we do not know where he's from. Of course, they know where he's from. Verse 30, the man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. That's what I want you to hear. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this, this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us and they cast him out. There's a little dig there at the disabled again, where they said, you are completely born in sins and you're teaching us. That is how the church observes the disabled. You know, since this is a disability podcast, let's throw that in there. This is what they think. Instead of thinking like Jesus, who went to these people, like he did at the beginning of John 9 here, the gospel of John verse or chapter 9. The church says you were completely born in sins. And see, and yet they're asking and asking, how did this guy do this for you? And the blind guy, formerly blind guy, says, now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. So this is the first part of what I wanted to discuss is that 
when it says God does not hear sinners, well, we all have sinned. So, you know, that would mean that God didn't hear anybody. No, that's not what that means. A sinner is someone who has taken sin, like, let's say, you know, fornication or, you know, some other crime or whatever, uh, and has institutionalized it in their own life. Like if somebody is constantly cheating on their wife or cheating on their husband, as the case may be, and claims to be a Christian, is God going to hear that person's prayers? I mean, if they they made a mistake and repented and then went on to, you know, do God's will, follow his commands, of course God would hear them. But there's plenty of people. Just read through (laughs) all the, you know, maybe not every sin, but virtually all the sins are listed in Romans 1. And God just doesn't hear everybody who, who turns their back on him, who, who says that he's full of baloney and that they're going to do it their way instead of God's way. Why would God hear them? But they do, in fact, expect God to hear them when they get in trouble. And that's one of the points of, of this discussion today is that, folks, there is so much evil and catastrophe coming and unfolding right now that you will need to have God hear your prayer. And there's people listening right now, and believe me, I have to pray this for me too, but there's people listening right now. Theatrical pause. Who are in sin and have institutionalized it in their life. They have taken on some type of label. And that label defines them. The definition of that label is sin, according to God. And we know that by reading the scripture. God will not hear that prayer. And yet we will have no other being, person, in the the personage of Jesus Christ to turn to. The Hal Turner story that I'm going to share with you is about the the maturing. Now, I would say that World War III started with COVID because, according to Dr. Pierre Corey, 17 million people died by the, the jab, not due to, to a virus, not due to a virus, due to the jab. Dr. Tenpenny said it was 20 million in the examination of databases. 
And that was as Dr. Tenpenny's numbers were as of October 2022. Those numbers rival what the Russians lost in World War II. Who knows what the numbers are just from October of 2022 until now? Is it 30 million? Is it 40 million? How many people die with these two-foot blood clots in their body due to the jab? How many hundreds of thousands and millions are dying of myocarditis? Due to the jab. And so that's, to me, the beginning of World War III. Theatrical pause for coffee. Because when the real nukes get deployed because, you know, this crazy NATO and the people who are U.S. who aren't really U.S. at all, but these globalists push NATO into Poland and deploy, they're going to leave Russia no option because they have literally brought nukes, you know, and the war right to their doorstep, which they already have. It's amazing it hasn't gotten worse already. We will need to have our prayers heard. We will need to have our prayers heard. First, we must be of. Maybe I should say secondly. We need to be of God. I mean, in John 8, the Pharisees challenged him. In verse 13, they say, here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. (laughs) If only they knew who they were talking to. That proves right there that they're not of God. You know, Jesus said, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. And then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. For if you knew me, you would know my father also.
later on in that same chapter, there's a dispute over whose children Jesus' opponents are. I find this fascinating. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many times have you heard that? But it's in the context of who you belong to. Do you belong to the holy God who created this world? Or is your father the devil? When I hear Christians, or supposed Christians say, we're all God's children, and they're talking, there's pagans in the room, we're all God's children. No, we are not. Here's what Jesus' opponents said to him in verse 33. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. I mean, (laughs) how can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, verily, I tell you, very truly, excuse me, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. See what's holding you back? It's sin. And, you know, again, I pray this for me as well. Uh, Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I think about when he says that when I get, uh, you know, persecuted for doing what we're doing with EA, preaching and, you know, or at least sharing God's word and sharing about the disabled. We've paid a price for that. Back to Jesus's words. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. And here's what Jesus said. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, You are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. (laughs) Here it comes. Then Jesus said to them, if God were your father, You would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. There's that hearing part again. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. Whose children are they? The children of the devil. These people who claim to be God, or excuse me, they don't claim to be God, they claim to be children of God, 
they, they claim to be godly, when in fact, they are the children of the devil. Back to who their father was, Jesus said, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there was no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And so, who is God going to hear is those who belong to him. He's not going to hear the children of the devil. He is not going to hear the children of the devil. So right now I ask you, if you have any doubt in your mind, whose father that you belong to? I paused for a second to think about that. I'm pausing again. I ask you to consider that Jesus Christ came to this earth fully God and fully man, that he lived a perfect life to fulfill the law as no one else, whoever was before him or whoever is after him. Jesus Christ, living the perfect life, fulfilled the law, fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law. Therefore, proving himself to be the perfect sacrifice. And when he died on the cross... He took all of your sins and all of my sins on the cross. And he paid the sin debt as a sacrifice acceptable to God the Father for the payment of sin. For the scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And he was raised again to give us eternal life. I ask you to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And to not go through life. Saying that, that God is your father when in fact you are a child of the devil. And when you assent to that, and abide in Jesus, abide in his commands, then, you know, God hears you. We all need to have God hear our prayers.
In Jeremiah 5, 21, it says, Hear this, you foolish and senseless people who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. And if you back up just a little bit to verse 15, it says, People of Israel, declares the Lord, I am bringing a distant nation against you, an ancient and enduring nation, a people whose language you do not know, whose speech you do not understand. Let me pause there for a second. What's going on on the border of Texas? Who is coming in? Oh, there's a whole bunch of people from different lands who most of us don't understand, but probably one in particular. Mostly military age males. A nation, a distant nation, is being brought against the United States of America. An ancient and enduring nation. A people whose language we do not know and whose speech we do not understand. I watched the other day, before I go back into the scripture here, a report by A.J. Hernandez of InfoWars. You can look up A.J. Hernandez on X, otherwise known as Twitter, and watch him. I mean, these guys, I'm telling you, the guys on InfoWars, Owen Schroyer, A.J. Hernandez, of course, Alex Jones, uh, have cajones like, uh, you know, (laughs) are so stout, I just can't believe. I mean, he walked into a migrant camp in San Diego County. You think that they're not here? They're here. It was all military age men. There was no women. They did not have their women with them. They did not have their children with them. So this scripture in Jeremiah, when it says, People of Israel declares the Lord, I am bringing a distant nation against you. An ancient and enduring nation. Is that not the United States of America today? Let me jump down uh, back to where I was. Verse 16, their quivers are like an open grave. All of them are mighty warriors. They will devour your harvests and food, devour your sons and daughters. They will devour your flocks and herds, devour your vines and fig trees with the sword they will destroy the fortified cities in which you trust. Last week, I wrote an article about the impact of the border crisis on commercial real estate. They seem disjointed if you just mention them, but if you go back and read the article, that... I wrote, and let me get it here. I'm going to take a pause. Oh, my goodness.
The title of my article from February 2nd was What do undocumented migrants, the border states of Florida and Texas, and the crashing value of commercial real estate have to do with a a catastrophic risk to your financial assets? A lot. And then we come back to Jeremiah. With the sword, they will destroy the fortified cities in which you trust. In that article, I delved into those cities like New York, like Chicago. And for instance, you know, Mayor Eric Adams of New York issued an executive order, Executive Order 538. And it was not to turn these immigrants out. Now, before I go on, I want to say that this is America, and America has always been about receiving immigrants. The Polish side of my family came, took a boat, traveled across the ocean, and in 1907 landed at Ellis Island and went through that process. When these folks come in undocumented from the southern border, so they're coming from the northern border too, the United States has no idea who they are. They don't know what kind of criminal background. They don't know what diseases they're bringing in. Because that's one of the things in LSI. I mean, if you watch The Godfather, uh, part two, when Don Corleone, which is not his real name, but anyway, he was from Corleone in Italy. Don Corleone comes in. He's sick. He gets quarantined for a couple months. None of that is going on right now. These people are coming in here sick, diseased, of unknown background. And of course, they're mostly military age men. Coming in undocumented, going to places undocumented. And this executive order 538 that Eric Adams uh, put forth was not to turn these people out or put them back to the border. It was to receive them and to make sure that anyone who was delivering them gave them a heads up when they were coming. This is pre-planned, folks. And it reminds me of this scripture so much in, in Jeremiah. With the sword, they will destroy the fortified cities in which you trust. What are the these cities that receive these, these migrants and so forth, like just with no questions? What are they called? They're called sanctuary cities. It might be sanctuary for them, but not for the, the people of this country. And I, I put forth to you again that we... As believers, not as the children of of the devil, but the believers, the ones who trust in Jesus Christ, will need to have God hear our prayer.
but the people of this country who claim to be Christians do not even have a biblical worldview. I think the majority of the country claims Christianity, and yet when they're actually asked a little more probing questions, uh, the people who have a biblical worldview is somewhere, I think, south of 5%. So in Jeremiah verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Yet even in those days, declares the Lord, I will not destroy you completely. And when the people ask, Why has the Lord our God done all this to us? You will tell them, As you have forsaken me, and served foreign gods in your own land. So now you will serve foreigners in a land not your own. Do you think that God will, you know, honor a country that has murdered 70 million babies? To a country that just, I mean, to maintain its world hegemony. Starts all these conflicts and overtakes innocent countries. And, 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 and turns them into bloody rebellions of just downfall like they did in the Ukraine. 2014, the United States fomented, led by Victoria Nuland, a revolution, the overthrow of a duly elected government in the Ukraine. I've covered that recently. If you don't know that, or you dispute that, please, I mean, please do your homework. Because, and stop listening to the mainstream media. Stop listening. Stop getting your news from CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You know, for instance, if you are a believer, you should start your day at stevequail.com and look through Steve's news feed. Now, I cover some of those. You know, I write original stuff put on original stuff, and I actually grab a, a headline or two from Steve's site for our site. But you should go to stevequail.com. We need to have God hear our prayers with what is upon coming upon this nation right now. The war is right now. It's going to escalate. I have. I've been going for a while. And you know what? Let me share some more scriptures before I go to that Hell, Hell Turner story. What First John, now this is not the Gospel of John. This is the first book of John, which is later in the New Testament. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, talking about Jesus, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Do you want God to hear your prayer? If you do, you need to be in his will and acting according to his will, according to his commands. 
Here's one I love. Psalm 66, verses 17 through 20. I cried to him, talking about God, I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. There's that whole thing. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, like all these folks who who institutionalize sin in their life, give it a name, a letter. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. We need God to listen, to hear our prayers. I'm pausing again because I'm looking at the scriptures. The Gospel of John, chapter 9, verse 31. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. That's pretty simple, isn't it? We know that God does not listen to sinners. Who are sinners? Sinners are not people who stumble like everyone. Sinners are people who have institutionalized sin in their life. That that's the way they live. Not just a mistake. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Pretty simple, right? In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. Who does God hear? He hears the righteous. He sees the righteous. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who, who do evil. So not only does God not hear your prayer, if you've institutionalized sin in your life, his face is against you. Folk, uh, <laughs> we need to have God hear us. We need to make certain that we are of him and not of the devil. Because there are plenty of people in church, let alone out in the world, for goodness sake, in church, whose father is the devil. When you can hear, when you hear somebody say, we are all God's children, they do not know the scripture. 
They do not know the truth of God. That Jesus plainly put to them that I went over earlier in John 8. We must confess our sins to God. You don't have to do it to a man. You can, in your private place, in what the Bible calls a prayer closet, you confess your sins to God. Because he is completely able, completely able to hear from you and to, you know what, let me bring up a scripture, if you don't mind, because you know what, this is going to entail a pause, because I have to find the scripture. Let me read John 8, 1 John. This is the book of John, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You know, plenty of people say that they don't sin. Plenty, when you ask them. They live in deception. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My God, what a, what a promise. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a promise from God that you can depend on. That's why we have to confess our sins. Because he is in faith, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us. We all need cleansed. We, we all sin. But if you are a sinner, one who has institutionalized a, a sinful practice, you need to come to Christ. Confess your sins to God in your private place, in your prayer closet. Repent of your sins. Tell God that you're sorry and ask him to forgive you. And he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. My God, listen to that promise. This is why we need to have God hear our prayer. Because not everybody will have God hear their prayer. I hope that we shared some scriptures, that I shared some scriptures, that made that plain and clear. Maybe you would even back this up and listen to it again, just to hear all of that. I'm not a pastor. 
even though Bill Holter calls me Pastor Stan, you know, I and it's of course it's it's kind of tongue in cheek in that um, if Bill likes you, you get a nickname, <laughs> and I think that's mine. Um, but that's that's okay. Just to be clear, I am not a pastor. I am just someone who loves Jesus Christ and wants to share Him. Because we are called to do that. We are called to do that. Now, I'm going to share with you the article from Hal Turner. Folks, this is serious business. Hal put almost everything that he puts up, whether it's his radio show or it's, it's his um, post web postings, behind a paywall because he just couldn't survive. And believe me, I can sympathize with that just say right here and now please consider supporting encouraging angels go to www.encouragingangels.org click on the donate tab and give you know the bible says the lord loves a cheerful giver so what if we're you know makes you happy (laughs) you know give that if it's five bucks, give that. If it's 50 bucks, give that. If it's 500, give that. And support our work that you listen to today. You can give with your card using the Cornerstone link. That's a great payment processor. Or send something directly to our P.O. box. Folks, here's the title of Hal Turner's story. Bulletin. European country issues NOTAM, that's N-O-T-A-M, for unplanned military activity necessary to protect national security. And Hal says, this is from Hal Turner, February 6th, 2024. We now have a precise, excuse me, we now have a precise date window for the outbreak of World War III in Europe. A country has issued a NOTAM for unplanned military activity necessary to protect national security. This is life-saving content is now open to the general public, you know, as I shared with you back to the article Poland has issued a notice of air missions that's the NOTAM N-O-T-A-M involving the entire eastern quarter of the country of Poland from Gdansk in the north to the southern tip of the country including the border with Belarus and Ukraine specifically the Polish Air Navigation Services Agency that's P-A-N-S-A in coordination with the Polish Air Force, has introduced a notice to air missions. That's what NOTAM means, notice to air missions. From February 5th, that was two days ago, to May 5th, for the entire east of the country on the border with Ukraine due to the reported possibility of unplanned military actions related to the ensuing excuse me, to the ensuring, I I missed that, national security. Now, Hal Turner analysis. Now, this is Hal speaking. 
it seems to me, as a guy with average intellect, the only reason Poland would do this is because they know there will be a NATO entry into the Russia-Ukraine war during this specific time period. And as soon as that entry begins, war between NATO and Russia will ensue. So we're already in that window, the February 5 to May 5 window. And he says, also as a regular guy with average intellect, and I think he's being modest, this notice tells me that they don't yet know the specific date, but they know the window of time, which to me means when this comes, it will happen like a lightning bolt from the sky. I suspect we, the general public, will have no warning at all. You know, Russia made clear, they said, we are a nuclear power and our abilities in this area are superior to NATO. Russia finished by saying, if NATO declares Article 5 collective self-defense against Russia, it will be a war that no one will win. Did you hear those words, a war no one will win? So we are right now in that window for the outbreak of an actual nuclear war. This is what Hal is saying. And he says, and I'm not going to read, you know, all the rest of the article, you know, it's there for you. He, he says, I earnestly hope my readers have stocked up on emergency food, water, medicines, an electric generator with stored fuel to run it, so as to have electricity for refrigerators, freezers, maybe some light. He says, we are out of time. You have to possess these things now or get what you can immediately. We're, he says, we're going to have zero warnings. And in his highlight, he says, if you don't have your emergency supplies before this breaks out, there will be no way at all for you to get them. He says the general public who wait until the very last minute to do anything will be in sheer panic. Stores will be immediately flooded with shoppers trying to get their hands on anything they can. It will be chaos. Bedlam. And of course the store shelves will be, you know, wiped out. So he implores people, you know, um, to get what they need. I implore you to get right with God. I implore you to get right with God. That, that's why I did all of this Bible study today up front. Because until you get to the point where God hears your prayer... You are not right with God. I hope that that was clear today. I hope this message from Hal Turner is clear today. This, this uh, posting from Hal's site is on our site. Go to encouragingangels.org and pick up the Hal Turner link, okay? Um, and share that with some folks. Folks, how much more time 
you know, do we have uh, and, until we are really, really, we're already in the soup. I would say that we've had a cup of soup so far and and, and the world is going to force everybody to to drink a bowl of soup. To be completely immersed in a cauldron of soup. When I mention these things, when you talk about an emergency supply, and I did mention yesterday that I'm working on an article, you know, we go back and forth to put it in the in the right way to have people uh, be able to easily read it is with um, Jack Lawson. Jack Lawson wrote the book, Civil Defense Manual. The United States no longer has an office for civil defense. Did you know that? Now, they have FEMA, but they do not have an office of civil defense. Uh, How are you going to know what to do as far as like food, you know, all the things that you need? In an emergency, in a civil defense emergency regarding food, water, shelter. How about a neighborhood protection team? About getting that together. Jack teaches you how to do that. All the information provided regarding communications. Does your neighborhood have a communications plan? Hmm, that might be a good idea. Um... And many other things. Go to civildefensemanual.com. It's a 950-page resource, two volumes, and it's $100. In my humble opinion, that's completely worth it. I mean, where are you going to go? I mean, if you weren't in the military, (laughs) I mean, especially, like, if you weren't, like, deployed as as infantry or, you know, there's a whole bunch that you just aren't going to know. And yet, Jack has put all this together. Go to civildefensemanual.com. Look forward to the article that Jack and I are, are, are putting together. Um, it, it, it's tentatively uh, titled, Wargaming the American Apocalypse. So that'll be fun. This is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Samansky, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time. <laughs>